On this week's show, a new manager at Welling Town, Chairman Kevin Oakes, who's also the previous boss, tells us why it was time to make a change. The way the season's gone for various reasons, it, it was rapidly becoming unenjoyable for me personally. Back-to-back wins and in with a shout of making the playoffs. Michael Everett tells us about his first few months in joint charge at Folkestone and Victor. We have had one sort of disagreement on anything really. We've had discussions, but you know, ultimately we used to row a lot more when we were playing with each other. A relatively new man at Ramsgate as well. Jamie Coyle discusses the title race in the East Midlands South East. It's, it's really down to you know, the team that the last 10 or 12 games are going to go on a consistent run and um, you know, and be reliable between now and the end. So it's, it's really... And at the other end of the table, it's back-to-back wins for Cityborne. Ryan Maxwell is delighted about that. You know, we're, we're showing signs that we're certainly improving. And uh, I don't think we'll be in the fight uh, this time, six weeks' time. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, we know we're late this week, but we're hopefully making up for it with four great interviews and, as a result, less of us talking. So surely that is a win-win for all of you listeners. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who's fun and games with the trains has this week been added to by a late-night diversion on the roads as well. And on the line now is a man who left the comforts of Sleepy Thanet for the big smoke today. And he's just told me he saw a celebrity. Matt Gerrard, how did you find the bright lights? Uh, it was nice to go up to London. It's got, you know, it's again. I know you're, not, you're pretty critical of the trains. Worked pretty well for me. Hour and sort of twenty minutes door to door in London town. Easy on the tube where I had to go to. So yeah, I, I did see that. What a local celebrity in the local area. I saw a non-league legend, Kent non-league legend. I was going down the escalator, minding my business, turned my head to the right, and a non-league legend, ex, he'd been retired a few years. Did play for Dover as well. Was going down the escalator. He's not known for his Dover spell, but um, there you go. Would you want to know what that is? Because you want to know what it is now, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, you've, you've not really given me many clues there. So yeah, just 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 tell me. Uh, Mark Monday. Wowzers. And bizarrely, it's the second time I've seen him recently. Because the last time I saw him was when I was having when I went to hospital, and Mark Monday was there again. And I was going to go and speak to him and say, "Oh, you're Mark Monday," um, but then he got called in and he was gone. So, there, so I don't know what Mark Monday does if he goes up to London often. Follows you um, around by the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah, well, he could, he could, yeah. Either I'm stalking Mark Monday or he's stalking me. But yeah, non-league legend Mark Monday, who had basically a legend of Margate through the leagues. So I was thinking down the escalator, good <laughs> how sad I am. I wonder how many people around me know that man scored goals in the National League. <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's honestly what I thought. Yeah. There could have been others, but I didn't recognise. But I very much doubted. Um, that, yeah, that man scored goals in the next. Not, not that I'm going to blow your Mark Monday story out of the water much, but um, I was uh, at work uh, earlier this week, and I shared a lift with a proper famous footballer. Um, Is who they start- in the National League? Started his career in non-league. No, uh, but he did score in an FA Cup final, I believe, and he. Scored a penalty for England in a penalty shootout. Uh, he also missed one in a penalty shootout as well. Um, yes, yeah, so I shared a lift with Stuart Pearce. So, uh, oh, yes. right. He probably did a, score in the National League with Wildstone. Well, exactly. I, I wasn't sure what level of non-league he played with uh, with Wildstone. Well, but that yes, used to so, be a really good impression of Stuart Pearce. Did you say hello, Stuart Pearce? Um, it was 
we kind of had a brief conversation. There was it was me and or uh, well, four of my colleagues in there, and we had a conversation which was nothing to do with um, with, with with football or sports. Um, but I'm sure he left the conversation thinking, well, they know who I am. So you know, it was. Uh, but it was. It was. Uh, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, is Stuart yeah. Pearce a big man? As in height wise? No, I wouldn't say he's, he's massive. I don't know the exact height of the man. I've never um, actually contemplated that. Uh, let me have a quick look. I mean, left backs don't tend to be tall, do they? Yeah, well, well, I'm saying, as you saw him, you thought you might have said, oh, you are quite. You were, were you taller than Stuart Pierce? Yes. All right, there you go. Apparently, he's one. He's five foot ten. Right. So, you know. So, you talk a bit like that, all right, mate. All right, John. That's my Stuart. Well, my mate does a much better. Of course, just better. like being in the lift again, I tell yeah, you. So yeah, uncanny. Right. Uh, it's hard what was he doing there anyway? Well, I mean, I work in a building where there's lots of uh, media things going right. on, and he was doing uh, a another media uh, company that's work that's works in the same uh-huh. uh, building as I am. Um, right, so, so, so your aim is to try and find somebody even more famous than Stuart Pearce in the lift. The well, end of the season. I, I, he's the second person I've seen, second former footballer I've seen at the office. Who's the other uh, one? Uh, Darren Ambrose. Uh, right. And have also seen Tyson Fury and Gabby Roslin. Do, do, do they all count? Were they together? Uh, no, they weren't. No. <laughs> that, that, that's a story that one of your one of those papers <laughs> would sell, wouldn't it? It would. Roslin would. and Fury in the lift embrace. Well, we're making things up now. It's our 246th episode this week, so we're going to move on. Uh, And that (laughs) apparently is an untouchable number, whatever that means. But when I typed that into Google, it wanted me to type 24601. And as I figure we're never going to get to 24,601 shows, I thought I might as well investigate that one now. Uh, 24601 was the convict number of uh, Jean Valjean. Uh, the in Les Miserables. Uh, now, many people claim that it's just a, a made-up number, the two four six zero one. But apparently, and you will like the this. Man. No, no. The, it... But the reason why it's why it's that number, right. apparently, is because that's likely to be the date that Victor Hugo was conceived. Interesting. But that is, yeah. I think he sings about prisoner two four six zero one. I think one of the songs. We have obviously written that into the song, haven't they? Because that's the number that they came up with. They didn't. Uh, they didn't find the song and then make the number, did they? No, 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 no. That's true. True. Yeah. Well, just showing my uh, musical theatre knowledge there with a the song from that. Yeah, very good. Also, oh, another Simpsons... thing, we could have two, four, six, eight. It's never too late. We could have done yeah, that. Yeah, because I don't think we're going to get to two thousand four hundred sixty-eight either, are yeah. we? But uh... who sang two, four, six? Who sang that? Never too late. I don't know. It must be an American 70s rock band. Uh, not clean, 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 not clean. Tom clear Robinson auto. Band. All right, yeah. Uh, released in 1977. Rock anthem, car rock anthems, I reckon that one. Oh, absolutely. When there was a phase, wasn't there, about 20 yeah. years ago of like um, compilation albums, dad rocks and stuff like that. That <laughs> song must have been an absolute staple. Yeah, of, definitely. Of, yeah, that's probably how I know it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Apparently, probably it was my dad on Father's Day on a take. 
<laughs> Definitely. Uh, right, let's move on then with the show. And even though we have three interviews from the Isthmian League, I think we've been starting a lot of shows with the Isthmian League lately. So we're actually going to begin this week in the scaffold, where there's been a change of manager at Wellingtown. Uh, Kevin Oakes has moved aside, having been both manager and chairman all season for the scaffold strugglers. Who are this season sharing quite a fair way down the M2 at Chatham? Uh, Ryan King Elliott, at just 24 years of age, is the man to replace Kevin. And I spoke to the now former boss on Wednesday. So the question is, did you um, did you sack yourself or did you resign yourself to yourself? Yeah, good question. Very well put. Um, no, I think it was the right thing to do. I think when you run a football club, then obviously you want to be involved in the football. That's the enjoyable bit. Um, or should be the enjoyable bit. But the way the season's gone for various reasons, it, it was rapidly becoming unenjoyable for me personally. And uh, that's affecting my motivation. And then that rubs off on the players, which which isn't good. And clearly, um, for various reasons, it hasn't been a season uh, that we're as pleased as we should have been with. And you look at the league table, something needs to change. And an exciting opportunity came along to discuss and, and get other people involved that will hopefully bring fresh ideas and, and a lot of new contacts and... Um, a lot of hunger and ambition and I just want to see the club do well and uh, if that means that there is somebody out there that's better for the job than me then I'll always look to put the right person at the helm and make sure the club keeps moving forward. I suppose it's a lot of pressure on you isn't it to, to do both jobs? Yeah I think a lot of people that don't know me have probably got a wrong impression of what I'm like. Um, I don't want to do everything, I don't claim that I'm good at everything, you know quite the opposite. Um, but I care and when you start a club um, you know myself my brother and a couple of my best mates started the club eight nine years ago as a Sunday league team you know picking up dog mess in the local rec and things like that you you, you care a lot more and you know chairman and managers have said to me all season like I don't know how you do one of them let alone both and then I run my own business and I've got family and the mother-in-law lives with me and things like that it's difficult to do everything and the quality of what you do then suffers and mistakes get made and corners get cut so you know that's never a good thing uh, I don't want to do everything but I have unfortunately maybe been a bit naive and I've been burnt in the past by sometimes having people around that aren't as committed as me and I find it quite difficult to delegate to people if they're not going to be all in um and that's why this is an exciting opportunity. I mean, what these new guys have achieved on the Sunday scene is is remarkable. Um, we used to play SE Dons as a Sunday team when we first started. So although our paths are quite different, the the way their club and our club have escalated over the last eight or nine years is, um, is really exciting. And if we can put our heads together and do something for the future, then um, hopefully we're all going to benefit from that. I understand your, your new manager's quite young, isn't he? Yeah, he's only 24, but I mean, he speaks and conducts himself in a manner that is um, vastly beyond his years. He's he's very, very mature. He works in a school. Um, he does a lot of voluntary work. Uh, he's played at this level. Um, he's got, you know, his various coaching badges and, and the guys that are with him. He also works at Kingstonian as well um, with their academy side so although he's very very young in age the experience he's got for someone of his age is unparalleled and um, I know he's extremely excited for the opportunity 
you know, most people, a lot of people out there do judge people when they just look at somebody's date of birth and say, oh, no, not for me. But I think when you speak of Ryan and, uh, and Junior and Bass, their, their experience for, for a young age is, um, is fantastic. And, you know, great challenge for them, great opportunity as well. So I'm, I know they're looking forward to it and their enthusiasm will get more out of the players that are at the club and will attract new players to the club as well. So, yeah, exciting times. I suppose the things for, for a club like, like yourselves, you know, and as you say, you come from very humble beginnings and everything like that. It's, it's, a lot of it is about contacts and what you can tap into. And, and I suppose you'll be hoping that, that Ryan and, and the guys can, can help you do that. Yeah. Um, having a good contact book is, is really important, you know, in football. And um, as I say, when you when you do get to know Nav, when you do get to know uh, Ryan and, and JR, um they're very, very knowledgeable about football in general. Uh, they're very enthusiastic and, and hungry and ambitious, uh, which are qualities that I look for. And then obviously their contact book, you know, having played and been around this level a long time, um, you, you pick up a lot of phone numbers. And yeah, the conversations they're having and some of the people they're talking to at the moment with a view to bringing them into the club in the next week or two uh, is really going to hopefully mean that we finish the season strong and and we need to you know the position that we're in is not great at the moment hence the, the change um but they're looking upwards not downwards and um if they even deliver on half what they've spoken about over the next 10 or 12 games that we have remaining then um, i'm pretty confident that we'll end up in a good place how hard has this season been obviously you're playing at chatham now as well is it hard to to, to get a fan base for yourselves as well with where you're, where you're currently playing and where you've come from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we get a lot of ground toppers because they're curious about our club, having maybe never visited us before and they've read something on the internet about where we've come from. So that, that's been a big help. And obviously Chatham have been very good. We do get a lot of floating supporters that want to come down and watch us at Chatham because it's a good, it's a good facility. Um, but yeah, we don't have a big fan base that... I'm realistic, you know, at the beginning of the season when we moved to Chatham, I knew that there wasn't anything we could really do to grow a fan base overnight. We need to make sure we're successful on the field, first and foremost. And I don't think it's going to be possible for us to build a significant fan base until we've actually got roots back in, in the Welling area. Um, and that's not going to be something that happens in the next 12 months. So at the moment, we just need to focus on... Um, on-field affairs and make sure we stay in the division and then we'll look to make some significant changes in the summer and make sure that we're never in this position again. You say about wanting to get back and it's going to be a long process. I mean, from your point of view, how do you go about that? What's the sort of, is it just hoping that something's going to crop up or are you constantly working on it? No, we've got something lined up and um, and Chatham are aware of that and a few people locally um, are aware, can't, can't really divulge too much, but there's an exciting opportunity that's not far from the Welling area that we're hoping that we can get our hands on over the next 12 or 18 months. But even if that were possible, once it's brought up to the standard we would need and applications for things like floodlights and 4G pitches, they're, they're not quick processes. So, um, you know, we'll be looking to ground share at, at Chatham um, for the foreseeable future, uh, as long as they're very happy to have us. Um, but yeah, ultimately, for the club to go to the next level, short or long term, we, we need to, to get our own home. And um, 
I'll be able to focus on that a lot more now that I'm not dealing with the playing side. So hopefully, hopefully we benefit on and off the field. Obviously, the, the, the short-term aim is, is, is to stay in the, in the Scaffold Premier Division. First of all, how important is that? And, and obviously, it looks pretty much like at the moment, it, it's going to be two from three in the, in the bottom two. So I guess it's very important that you get some results and get them quickly. Yeah, I was encouraged by the performance last night. You know, given that Ryan and his colleagues have only been in the job since Thursday um, and they had a 45-minute training session and even last night, they're still meeting some of the players for the first time. Um, the performance that we put on first 45 minutes against Canterbury on Saturday and, and last night against Holland and Blair were um, very, very encouraging. And you don't always get what you deserve, but I do believe if the performances are similar to last night for the vast majority of the games, that you know we'll pick up the points that are necessary. Um, we've had some terrible luck this season for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, last night, last night was a really, really good performance. Uh, uh, you know, disappointing finish to concede in the 94th, 94th minute. Um, but the performance was really, really pleasing. If we can replicate that the next couple of weeks, then we should pick up some points. That doesn't get any easier here at town on Saturday, though, does it? No, no, they've had a great season, and um, I know Woody and his colleagues quite well. And uh, I think they're organising some kinds of. Um, food bank collection this weekend as well which you might want to publicise so yeah we, we know them and uh, quite a few of our former players have um, are, are with here in town so uh, yeah it'd be, uh, it'd be a good game on Saturday um, competitive I'm sure um, but we go there with confidence and say um, our performance last night was very good and we just need to make sure we, we replicate that and that whatever Whatever comes our way that um, we're putting on the performances that we need to to maximise our chances of picking up the points. And say, quietly confident, I think, I think we'll... Ryan and his colleagues are not idiots and um, they will make sure that we're, uh, we're constantly improving. And if we keep doing that, as I say, we should get the points that we need. It's also interesting to hear from, from Kevin, Matt. And it's good to hear he's making decisions with the best interests of the club at heart, isn't he? Interesting. More come out of that. They've been going what twelve years and got to from the Sunday League to the level they are now. Clearly, it's difficult. Again, I'm not poo-pooing the idea of, of what he's done, and I his achievements are quite. I mean, does a plat town like Welling need two football teams? That's a different story. But um, fair play to him, and now he's got somebody in. Um, we mentioned Se Don's quite a bit, don't we, on this show? Because a few of the players that we know um, have uh, play for, for them as well, and I think they're in some semi-final competition as well. And now they've got sort of somebody heavily linked to that on the coaching staff. And be interesting to see if some SE Dons players move to, to Welling as well. But yeah, interesting. Again, we seem to be, you know, players seem to be younger and younger, but I think this season will be known as one of those seasons where managers are getting younger and younger. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, 24. I think I saw his birthday is uh, July 1998. I mean, I... That makes me feel quite old because that was the year I did my GCSEs and there's now people who weren't alive when I did my GCSEs managing teams in the scaffold. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's at this level of football, a lot of it is about contacts and who you mm. can get in. Uh, and for Wellingtown with where they are this season, um, both geographically and where they are in the league, um, it's important that they can turn things around. And I suppose he thinks that, that Ryan is, is the man to do it. Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because... 
when you build a football club, you're in a difficult situation. And I think, you know, the success of Wellingtown has probably come quicker than anyone would have imagined. Uh, and, and they're almost now trying to catch up off the field what they've done on it. And, and you know, as you said there, we're going to be at Chatham for the foreseeable because we've got plans, but we can't quite get them over the line yet and, and bits and pieces. So, you know, it's it's a really, really difficult one for them. And, and, and you just kind of hope that Welling are going to find a way of finding a base, finding a home, and then they can actually, you know, get themselves out there as Welling Town and, and build their own fan base. Because you can't build a fan base if you're calling yourselves Welling Town and playing at Chatham, can you? No. Um, how far is we must be, what, three quarters of an hour, half an hour, three quarters of an hour to, from that? Again, I don't know how you get... Uh, I presume Chatham are not giving them the, the ground for the... Um, for the for the love of football, so they must be getting money in, so they must be paying for that as well. Getting getting that um, yeah, getting the support. I don't know how you were going to do that, but maybe the SC Dons, who are quite a well-supported team, will follow the manager, and that might be a, a very very good decision to to bring him in. Um, I admire them um, remarkably. They've come through the levels. Um, maybe they've hit their peak level. Really, can they go any higher there? I very much doubt it. But as he said. The most important thing, he wants to enjoy his football and clearly being the manager and issues there, it can take its toll. And his motivation are gone. And I can fully understand that when the hard work you're doing, and it, you know, all comes through on a Saturday and it's not working. No, and that's the, the I think you could tell he was sort of been frustrated how it's gone. And it was interesting. He said, you know, some people said that, you know, doing one of the jobs is hard enough, but to do two is is a massive, massive task. And it's clearly it's the got... labour of love, that isn't it? He started Absolutely. something twelve years ago, and you don't want to throw it away, really, because you've done that really hard work within that. And as he said, you know, he's got his own business as well, and he's obviously yeah. working on stuff in the background about actually getting the club a, a base and a home and everything like that. So you know, fair play to to anybody who's prepared to put that much effort in uh, to doing it. And and you know, obviously there are other teams in the in the battle at the bottom there, but when you hear Kevin speak, you want success for him and for his team, don't you? Yeah, and we've seen it. a few teams like Dorking have come through those levels. Other sides of, you know, Feversham Strike Force, you know, a level below that have built teams up. And I think they've really sort of, it can be done. And you've got to this point and you don't want to throw away that hard work. So fair play to him. And I hope they can get them back closer to the, closer to the area. Um, I suppose the obvious place would be... Um, to, to show as well, but I think everything Belvedere there at this moment, so it's very, very difficult as well. So we have a lot of clubs around there, and it's very difficult to compete. I would have thought. Yeah, it certainly is, and and you know we we'll hope it all pans out uh, for Kevin and obviously Ryan as well. I mean, 24 years old, taking or managing the scaffold. Good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, it was a dramatic Saturday for the aforementioned runaway leaders, Irithan Belvedere. They came back from three 0 down to draw a thriller with Lordswood. Two of the goals were penalties from Nathan Palmer, including the stoppage time leveller. While the Deer's second goal came as late at the 89th minute as well. Uh, elsewhere, Beerster two 0 winners over Stansfeld. Punjab United won 2-1 at Fisher. There were no goals between Glebe and Phoenix Sports. Uh, Deal won 3-1 to spoil Hollands and Blair's homecoming. Kennington beat Homestale by a goal to nil. Rustall drew 2-2 at home for the third time in a week against Irith Town. And Whitstall Town beat Sutton Athletic 3-0. Beersid then won 2-1 at K-Sports on Monday. While on Tuesday, as we've heard, Hollands and Blair got their first win back at Star Meadow with their 1-0 win over Wellingtown. Punjab 2-0 victors at Glebe. Lords will beat Kennington 4-0. Tunbridge Wells with 3-0 winners at Sutton Athletic. And then on Wednesday, Irith Town need the last 
last gasp goal to earn a 1-1 draw against Fisher, while Phoenix Sports scored three goals in eight second half minutes to beat Canterbury City by three goals to nil. Uh, this weekend is Canterbury City against Hollands and Blair at City Bourne at two o'clock on Saturday. Uh, deal against Beersted. Irith Town against Wellington, which is, as Kevin said there, a food bank game. So if you turn up with a bag of food for the food bank, you get in for free uh, to watch Irith Town against Wellington on Saturday. Uh, it's Glebe against Kennington, K-Sports against Rustall, Phoenix Sports host Whitstable Town, Punjab United against Irith and Belvedere, Sutton Athletic against Stansfeld, and it's Tunbridge Wells against Fisher. That's a two o'clock kickoff. On a Tuesday night deal against Irith Town, Lordswood at home to Phoenix Sports. It's Punjab United against Fisher. And then on Wednesday, Irith and Belvedere are at home to Homesdale. Uh, as we don't want this to be a mammoth show for you, we'll just quickly say that Larkfield and New Hive have moved two points clear at the top of the Scaffold First Division, despite being held to a 2-2 draw at FC Olmsted, because uh, their nearest rival, Snodland, went down 3-1 at home to Tooting Beck. Uh, you can see all the scores and fixtures from that division on the Scaffold website. Snodland signed the Matt Gething from Tunbridge today. Yeah, well, that's, it's gonna, that's going to help them. Um, but yeah. obviously, a disappointing result for them on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's a good signing as well. You know, that man's um, he's a gold machine at the level above. So that could be the uh, final piece of the jigsaw if they're going to get promoted. So interesting signing, that one. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to move on up to the Ismini Premier Division, where it's been a good week for Folks and Invicto. Recorded a pair of home wins, a 3-2 win over Corinthian Casuals, who scored both of their goals in stoppage time. Uh, it was followed by a 3-0 win against Enfield Town on Tuesday night. Invicto 10th, but only five points outside the playoff places in a season where they've seen their long-serving manager, Neil Cugley, step down. He's been replaced by his former coaching team, Roland Edge and Michael Everett. And I spoke to the latter on Wednesday, a Kent Nonley podcast debut, no less, for the man known as Mev. So here he is. Michael Everett. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good week. Um, I think the the two performances before uh, really set us up for these two home games. We um, we had tough away games at Horsham and Cray, where I thought we were excellent. So coming into the two home games, we were we had a bit of confidence uh, and some form, and yeah, no, we're really happy with the last two results. I suppose you've had a you will look at the start of the month and say that was a bit of a blip, but it seems that you're over that now. Yeah, I, I think for different circumstances, we knew it was going to be difficult. Um, so I feel like against Brighton City, we weren't really like, good enough. Uh, we didn't play that well. Um, Hornchurch were always going to be difficult because they were up there and they were a really good team and got some good players. But, you know, we were in the wrong end of some really poor decisions, uh, uh, which affected each goal of the game. And then, and then Hastings, we were down to bare bones with five out. So... This goes to show once you get your, your players back and, and you, you get a little bit of consistency, then the results will come. I suppose you look at the league table now and you think if we hadn't lost those three games in a row, where would we be? But you're, you're still very much in the mix for the playoffs, aren't you? Yeah, well, that, that's what we're striving for. We're working hard and uh, we sort of know that this period of um, the season is really, really important because you play Saturday, Tuesday pretty much every week. And um, we're sort of coming to the end of that period now. Uh, that was the last midweek game we we're going to play for the rest of the season, unless you know there's another game that gets postponed. So um, we'll be able to after Saturday. We get through Saturday, hopefully with a positive result. You know, we, we've got time to get our players, you know, the, the injuries to heal and, and get them a bit you know, refreshed from a, a really, you know, sort of congested period of games. It does make a massive difference as well, doesn't it? I mean, as a player, a former player yourself, you know how hard it is to keep going Saturday, Tuesday all the time. Yeah, it's difficult, but ultimately it has like a, a different effect if you're winning. 
So, you know, when you win on the Saturday, you, you, you're desperate for the next game. And I think, like you said, in the last four games, that's sort of what's happened. We've had a really good performance and backed up midweek with another one. So you get that little bit of momentum. So I think it can work both ways. But, you know, the last last couple of weeks, we've been delighted with the, with the boys. I understand, obviously, so that some supporters were a bit frustrated when Addy moved on. But you brought in Louis Collins and he seems to have hit the ground running a little bit. Yeah, we've been delighted with him. We, we, we you know, this wasn't like a, a trigger happy, scattergun approach to getting someone in. You know, he's someone that we've we've looked at for quite a while. Um, someone who we thought would bring the qualities that he's brought in, and and like you say, he's done really, really well. We're, we're delighted to have him, and we we thank Jay at Tunbridge for letting him have it. You know, for us to have him until the end of the season, and hopefully he can score some more and get us get, get us going further up that league because you know we're. And we're really happy that we've got him. I guess for him, he, he must be just kind of looking to find a home because he's been up and down the pyramid a bit, hasn't he? And I know his dad's a big fan of him. And, and I guess he, he knows if he can get regular games and, and feel comfortable somewhere, then he will score goals. And he's looking to prove that already for you. Yeah, and, and I think that um, we are sort of the perfect place to come. I think if you're a forward, I know Cugs and I have always said it, you know, we've, uh, we've always had forwards that score goals, but I think it's a little bit the way we play. We play very attacking and and if you look, you know, we, we're not in a position where we want to be in the league, but we're probably the third top top scorers in the league. We're right up there. And it just goes to show that, you know, we create chances and score goals. And, you know, we're very disappointed this season that actually part of the problem is is that we're not taking enough of our chances. Um, at important times during the game, so you know, bringing him in, hopefully, you know, he will um, he will sort that out for us. But you know, the front three yesterday were superb. Uh, when Neil stepped down as manager, you said it was very fluid and that it wouldn't be a massive transition period. Has that been the case? How have you you and Roland found stepping up to be the official managers? Well, what big shoes to fill, eh? He's um, he's such a good man as well. You've had him on the show a few times and. You know, it was a, it wasn't something that was planned, and it wasn't something that we expected, and and it just goes to show how much he did. Um, you know, as a manager before, you know, we've got two of us, so we can sort of share it out a little bit, which makes it a bit easier. But um, yeah, he's been nothing but supportive as well. And when when you talk about you know, transitioning into a new role, you know, he's been he's been great with us, and um, we used to all work together really well, and. Like you said, we're, we're sort of we're always a team before that. So um, yeah, it's it's about winning games of football, and and, and he's helped, You know, he's been a big part of you know, helping us. Uh, obviously, you, you you've known Roland for a while. How does it work with the two of you being joint managers? Do you have things that one of you does and the other one doesn't? And when he, when you've got to make decisions, who makes the final call? No, no, we haven't had one um, sort of disagreement on anything really. We've had discussions, but. Oh, you know, ultimately we used to row a lot more when we was playing with each other. I got to say, when we were playing in the field with each other, we used to really go at each other. But um, you know, we've known each other a long time, and we have the same ideas, the same philosophy, and and you know, so far we really haven't honestly had a sort of this is what one wants to do, and this is what the other wants to do. You know, we'll always discuss it, and it's, it hasn't it hasn't come up yet. I'm sure it will, by the way, but um, as as yet it hasn't. Uh, you go to Potter's Bar on, on Saturday. That, that They had a great start to the season, but obviously then the manager left and they've tailed off. And I guess you'll be thinking this is a good chance to, to keep building on that momentum that you've got. 
Yeah, we want a positive result Saturday, but it's not going to be easy. This league has a this league is a uh, crazy this year uh, for for many reasons. But you know, I think you had Bowers and Pitsy last week. We're three 0 up with nine minutes left and lost four three. And you had uh, Brighton and C that have taken you know their second from bottom and they've taken points from Bishop Storford, Hornchurch, us, Billa, Ricky, Lewis. Uh, there's no easy games in this league, and I've said it quite a few times. You 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 got to be right at it. If you're not, you will drop points, and 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 you'll be disappointed. So, so there's going to be no different. They got into a cup final um, last night, um, and and they're gonna they're gonna be buzzing. So it's it's gonna be a really tough game. Uh, and just finally, you, you said you know that the aim is to get in the playoffs. Do, do, do you think you can do it if if you can keep well? Obviously, you can keep this run of form up. You, you'll be there or thereabouts. But do you, do you genuinely think you can do it? Yeah, I've got I've got great belief in the group of players we've got. Um, I would say that you know with this this one of um, you know four games we've had people carry knocks, uh, have injuries, and as a group we've sort of, we've come together and we've got really positive performance and results. And you, and if you you sort of knew some of the boys are carrying injuries and still producing the performances they're doing, you're delighted because they are. You know, as I said, there are a few of them that are. Um, Kevin injuries, and like I said, once we get to Saturday, Saturday, it, you know, we're hoping it become easier on that, on that front, and we can really push. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely, got belief in the players, and um, if we keep performing like we have done, and we set that performance levels, I'm sure we're going to get positive results. I suppose, Matt, they're going a bit under the radar at the moment, but Victor doing well under the new managers, and, and a really good chat with him as well. There, yeah, I think they. I've sort of up and down. Sort of, I saw them uh, earlier in the season, didn't I? Um, and I, when they play, when I knocked out the trophy, they they played some good football. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going well. It was always going to be difficult. You, you know, you've had to sell your your main striker. Um, you've lost your manager, and there's been a little bit of a cross-cutting exercise in a, in a tough division, which is very dominated by the Essex sides this season. So, yeah, I think they're doing okay. They've got the five points off the playoffs. With how many games to play? Well, 14 or so games to play. Um, then grips of consistency because they do score goals, folks. Then that maybe they can gate cash the party. But I think it's more of just sort of stabilising the club after the disappointing things earlier in the season when Neil Cugley had to go in October time. Yeah, but I mean, obviously Neil Cugley's still there, and as he said, you know, he's been a great help to him and stuff. And it, it does seem like, you know, if you look at Manchester United, Arsenal, when their long-serving managers went. It, they went, went, sort of went for the new brush sort of uh, philosophy, whereas at least Folkestone have kept consistency. Neil is still around the club and, and those two guys have been helping him out for, for so long anyway. You know, and obviously Michael, the club's all-time leading record appearance maker. So he knows that he's going to be, a, you know, he, he knows about the club, he cares about the club. And, and it's just like he's been part of the furniture there. And, and it's great to see, actually, you know, people like him making the step up into management. And, and from the sounds of that chat, I think he's quite enjoying himself. Oh yeah, it seems, I, I, I like the question where you said about um, they haven't had many arguments and they had more arguments when they were actually teammates. But I think I think it is. I think maybe he was heavily involved with Neil Cugley was well. He just stepped up, doing a little bit more now. But they've had a good managerial team and they've worked really well together. And so the form's been good. It's a good result against Enfield because Enfield's riding high at the top of the table. All Tardy scoring goals. I've lost Yusuf, we know. Um, yeah, some big games coming up for them as well. So. Show that consistency that like they've done in the last month or four, well, three weeks or so. They can do get into the uh, playoffs. And obviously, it kind of glossed over the Adi Yusuf thing there as well. But it is interesting, you know, 
there's going to be a lot of competition for players over the summer of various uh, talents and various abilities. But I think, although people may not have been that happy with the decision to sell Yusuf, I actually think that that kind of shows to to players that folks in the sort of club that won't step in your way, that will help you be a, a stepping stone if you want that. And that's how you get young, ambitious players. You know, if, if you see a player and they go to a club where no one is going to um, be prepared to, to to let them move on and flourish, then I think they have a different attitude towards it. But I think I think that folks and everyone knows it's a well-run club. Everyone knows that the philosophy that they've got there, and I'm sure that they've got a lot of uh, a lot of positives going for them. Yeah, so they've got less games, and they can only play 42 by the looks of it in this division. So, um, yeah, I think we saw Ira Jackson winning the league. He's now come back. Now he's back scoring goals. Louis Collins going there. Um, thinking, right, you know, players have gone up the levels, gone into the league with Folkestone. Now he's probably at the time of his career, he needs to settle down somewhere. And if he can do that, it's good. he scored against Enfield in the week. If he can bang some goals to the end of the season, it could be that his chance that, right, let's stay for Folkestone for a year and see where it goes. So, yeah, I think Folkestone are a good, good, good base ground for certain players to get their careers back up and running because they'll be looked after with a good club and um, with good management. I did have a conversation with uh, with with Michael off the record there, and he says that he thinks he played against Louis's dad, Mickey. And right. you know, Mickey's obviously been retired a, a little while, but uh, so, so obviously Michael Michael's career has, has spanned quite a lot, and um, for him to say that he could actually remember uh, that happening, so you know, and Louis Collins, as I said there, you know, he's he's got massive potential, and we know he's got potential. It's just. He's been a little bit unsettled. He's been around a few places, and, and maybe folks will just be the perfect fit for him. Yeah, I think I think it's a good move for him. If they if they're going to play him up front, he's a striker, very skillful. The physical part of the game when he was playing for Dover was a concern, but maybe in a couple of years that he sort of muscled himself out a bit. And if he can do that, he will score goals at a level. I'm absolutely convinced. Elsewhere, uh, the aforementioned Adi Yusuf was among the scorers on Saturday as Hornchurch beat Herne Bay by five goals to one. But Bay did bounce back. Uh, by drawing 1-1 at fellow Struggers Kingstonian on Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm looking at the league table here. Herne Bay, it's in their own hands, really. They've got games in hand on everybody else. Um, I don't know how to look at the fixtures, how many other sides around and they've got to play, but it's tough when you go into some of the bigger sides in, in this division who are doing high end of the table. But Herne Bay, if they can pick up results, they've still definitely got a chance of getting out of this. So and we know what... Um, Kevin Watson's a good manager and I'm sure his, view, his way of thinking is getting into the players and that's a, and that's a decent result against Kingstonian. Um, long as they didn't lose that game, which was the main forward, and they've got to do that. So conceding goals has been a problem for them, but you know, out of all the sides at the bottom, wrong end of the table, they've scored more goals than the rest of them. So they've got to use that to their advantage. So they've got a chance, I think, still, but they need to pick up a few points. Again, like if they've got teams around them, they know they've got to beat them. That's absolutely no doubt. Silly. It's an obvious statement to make, but they know they probably he's probably pinpointed the games that he thinks right we can pick up points in. Absolutely, elsewhere on Saturday was a pair of one 0 defeats. Uh, Craig Wanderers beaten at Hastings, Margate beaten one 0 at home by Carl Shorten. Uh, this weekend, obviously those teams all back in action on Saturday. Uh, Craig Wanderers at home to Hornchurch is a big game near the top of the table. Uh, Margate head to Enfield. It's Herne Bay against Averley, second place Averley, and as we've already heard. Uh, folks in the Victor go to Potter's Bar. Uh, let's move in then to the Eastman League South East. And we're going to start at the very top. 
where Ramsgate are still top of the table after fighting back with 10 men to draw 3-3 at Sheppard United. It was a second 3-3 draw in a row for the Rams and their newly appointed manager, Jamie Coyle. And earlier on in the week, Matt spoke to Jamie Coyle. Two three-alls in the space of four days. I suppose one of them you're pulling your hair out, the other one you're jumping for joy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not ideal, is it? Um, obviously, you can see so many goals in two games, but um, you know, against Faversham, even at 3-0 up, it, we were, I still didn't feel comfortable, if I'm honest with you. I think they were, um, they've got a very good team now, a very good squad, and I think I said it in the press early in the week that if they started the season now, they'd be one of the contenders to like, win the league and be, definitely be up there. So, you know, it was it was disappointing to be 3-0 free, free up and then lose, lose that to, to a 3-3 free, free, free draw. Um, and, you know, on the flip side of that, on Saturday, we're, we're ten, with 10 men at half-time, 3-1 down. Um, yeah, I would have bit someone's arm off to say that we'd come back and perform the way we did in the second half to, to get the draw. Yeah, you come in from behind with 10 men as well. Did you, you mentioned the first game, you didn't feel comfortable. In the second game, did you feel you could get something from it? I did, I did. I think we, we started the second half really well. It's tough sometimes playing against 10 men. When, you know, we had nothing to lose. You enter a real attacking formation, um, the most attacking formation that we go to with 10 men. And, and we asked loads of questions really. And, and we could have had one or two other goals in the second half. And, created lots of chances and, and basically controlled the game which was really pleasing and you know the attitude and desire that the boys showed in the second half is you know we look back at that at the end of the season that might be a really important point for us yeah, I say looking at the league table at the moment it's it's quite tight are you thinking it's a three horse race at the top of the table or do you think the likes of Ashford and maybe Whitehall can, can catch you but well, I even I even look at teams like Seven Oaks. I know they're outside of the playoffs, but you know they're one of the best teams that we've played this year. And I know if they win their game in hand or two games in hand, they're in and around it as well. So it's it's really down to you know the team that in the last ten or twelve games is going to go on a consistent run and um, you know and be reliable between now and the end. So it's it's really really open. I, I don't think it's a free horse race. I think it could be you know five or six teams that, that are in for it. To be honest with you. Again, people will be surprised. I think majority of the season, Ramsgate will have been top of the table. Uh, Steve Lovell um, lost his job a few weeks ago. Um, firstly, about that, was that a surprise to you? Um, yeah, it was. It was really. Yeah, well, I, I know we was we uh, our form had dropped slightly, and um, yeah, we we were drawing and we lost lost a couple of games. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a little bit of a surprise, and uh, I know the chairman was was interviewing in the, in the background after um, Steve on, and um, yeah, he just he pulled me in, and just said Look, I want you to take the job and, and try and lead the boys to to you know success towards the end of the season, which which I agreed to do. You say it's your third job in management, so you you're not a novice to it. I know you're coming up to forty as well. Is it is this is he you wanted to get back into management? Was that right? Well, yeah, I think the long term, yeah, I mean, I was really enjoying just, just playing, to be honest with you. I've enjoyed the last two seasons, obviously under Matt Longhurst and then under Steve. I've, I've enjoyed playing and, and being a part of the other side of it again. Uh, but yeah, it was an opportunity that, you know, the chairman asked me last season to, to take the job after Matt, Matt had gone and, and I, I, I turned it down and said, I don't think I was ready for that at that time. Um, again, because I was enjoying playing, but yeah, it's, it's coming to the stage now. I've, I've had 22 really successful seasons as a player, and um, the natural progression for me is to get back into coaching and management. And obviously, I've got a great opportunity uh, at Ramsgate this season. Why was it the right time now and not back end of last season? I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think, like I said, I was. 
you know, subconsciously I was thinking this was going to potentially be my last season of playing anyway. So, um, you know, I've been really fortunate with, with injuries throughout my career. And I think turning 40, I, you know, I look back and, and have real pride in what I've achieved as a player. And, and it was probably time for me to hang the boots up and, and really concentrate on the managing again. So I think that you know, the timing was, was right for me. I have you hung up the boots because, you know, as, as a, looking from the outside, six goals conceded, you've been on the sidelines, maybe they're missing you in defence. Well, yeah, I, I injured my knee against Seven Oaks um, late in the game, so I've, I've got a, a tweak on one of my ligaments in my knee. So um, I've been forced into the sidelines really for the last two games, which is unfortunate. You know, we brought Tarfi in from Wedding, who's been outstanding in the last two games. He obviously scored on Saturday as well, but you know, you, you look on paper. I said to him, he doesn't, doesn't deserve to be on a team that can see these six goals in two games because he's come in and done really well. So, yeah, I, you know. I, if I can get back um, before the end of the season, which I'm hoping that I can, I, you know, potentially we'll still have an influence on the pitch as well as a sideline, hopefully. I suppose on paper, you know, look at it, if you win all your games to the end of the season, you're going to go up because you've got to, Easter could be quite exciting because you've got to play Chatham and Beckenham. But this weekend at home to VCD, they've recently got, changed their manager as well. What do you expect from them? It's going to be really tough. You know, I think we're playing Hayward's Heath coming up as well and the two teams that have obviously recently changed management um, and it's always difficult when you're playing against a side that have got a new management team in because the players naturally will give an extra 10-15% because they've got to prove you know, to the manager that they're good enough and that they want to stay at the club so that them games are always tough they're really really tough and you know the next we've got Lansing next week and then East Greenstead they're teams that you know they're fighting to, to get out of that relegation battle towards the bottom so yeah, I don't foresee any easy games between now and the end of the season. The last four games, obviously, all you know around teams that are in the top four or five at the moment. So it's going to be a tough end to the season. But you know, if we concentrate on ourselves and and you know we we cut out individual mistakes and errors that, that have happened over the last couple of games, then I'm sure we we'll, we'll give ourselves a chance. I think he's going to play again, don't you, Matt? By the sounds of things. Yeah, I put a midfielder in today. I saw. Um, yeah, I, I think he. Will do. Defensively, they've been pretty good. You know, they only conceded what twenty-seven goals in their games, and they've conceded six in that. So nearly, um, well, my maths out, nearly a quarter of their goals in the space of two games. Yeah, I I think he'll come back in just to maybe that experience. You mentioned twenty-two seasons playing JB Carl. I mean, we are we we're getting old, mate. When you remember when he started his career, so um, yeah, he's gone in there. I think he's got. I think he probably has got a point to prove as well after his his two managerial spells. He had a year at Welling, a year at Dartford. Didn't sort of maybe it was a little bit too much for him. And, um, but he's got as he was still probably a lot of the time playing in those games as well. But he's gone to Ramsgate, enjoyed his football, got an opportunity in a in a good division with a good club. Um, and he knows it's in his own hands really. Um, it's going to be a very exciting end of the season for the Espian League. But he, he he's a he knows this level. He knows non-league football, and I, I think it's going to work in Ram. I think it's a good appointment for Ramsgate. Um, we saw other manager who could have got it. I think as he sort of alluded to there, but the chairman came to him and said, "Right, give it to me." He's taking it on board. Um, again, we're trying to stop them conceding goals, but I think he knows he's got enough in the locker that they can score goals as well. So sort those defensive out, maybe bringing him back in, um, and they can beat. Well, they will be up there. Can they get that magical first place? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. And, and I think we've said before, you know, if, if they go on and, and win the title, 
then it will be the right decision. And, and yeah. I suppose a little bit like we said with uh, about folks in Victor, that it's con- continuity, isn't it? Jamie Core is already there. He knows the team uh, and everything like that. But they're, they're not standing still, Ramsgate. They're still bringing players in and still striving yeah. to improve uh, and, and be the best that they can uh, as they try to get towards the back end of the season with, um, well, doing as well as they can. And obviously this, this title race uh, is, is very tight. You've got Chatham two points behind uh, with with a game in hand. You've got Beckenham uh, three points behind Ramsgate and played the same games. Whitehawk, perhaps you can't rule them out as well. They've got two games in hand on the Rams and Beckenham and they're six points behind Beckenham, so nine points behind the Rams. It, it could go uh, all the way, I suppose, Matt. And that's that, that's going to be thrilling come the end of it. I'm, I, I'm sure it's going to be a great finale, but I'm sure that fans of Ramsgate, Chatham and Beckenham, Beckenham are all hoping that there's no great finale and that one of them just picks up some some head of steam and leaves the others trailing in their wake. Yeah, yeah I think this over Easter, it really could come to a thing. But maybe the experience of Jamie Coyle, who, you know, can see him through it. If they do it, I wouldn't say who's going to win it. And, you know, Chatham is so good at home, so... You've got to think the Chatham when they play Ramsgate, that which it could be the big game, um, they would do it. But no, I, 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 again, we were shocked how um, Ramsgate got rid of Steve Lovell. But so I think you, I think the key part of you said it is, it's the continuity that they, the players are not going to be concerned about too much. They know Jamie Corr well, um, and I think it's probably a wise choice for Ramsgate to give it to him rather than going outside, which we thought at one point uh, with a couple of candidates they were going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving further down the table, actually, it's been a, a, a really good week for Sittingbourne. Uh, they are out of the bottom four, so therefore out of the uh, play- playoff places for the moment after a 5-0 win over Hayward Teeth on Saturday was followed by a 2-0 win over East Grinstead on Tuesday night. So six points in a week for Sittingbourne. Uh, they head to Chatham this week, uh, so that'll be a tough one for them. But in the meantime, I spoke to the new Brickies manager, Ryan Maxwell. He's been in the job for a couple of months now and delighted to finally get him on the show. So here he is, Sittingbourne manager, Ryan Maxwell. You know, we've, we've worked hard uh, to get those back-to-back wins um, since we came in, I suppose. And we probably deserved uh, more points than what we've got to, sh- to show for uh, our endeavours, if I'm honest. Uh, the performances have been very good. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Saturday, uh, you know, we were de- quite devastated in front of goal, obviously. Um, and we backed up again last night with another convincing win. It, it could have been more, but we'll certainly take the, the 6.66. Was it weighing on your mind that you hadn't had a win since you took over at Sittingbourne? Uh, no, because I obviously won my second game, didn't I? Um, of course. I think, uh, yeah, I think I, I, was, I was on my mind the club hadn't won back-to-back games or certainly hadn't won at home since August. Um, yeah, I wanted to put that right, well, which we have. And then obviously having put that right, we then won back-to-back. So, uh, yeah, delighted for the fans, uh, certainly for the fans, that is. It's, it's a massive thing as well, psychologically, to, to be out of the, of, of the relegation places, so to speak, the playoff places. Uh, and I guess that's that's a, that's the first aim, isn't it, to, to get out of that bottom four? Of course it was. Um, you know, I think uh, it'd be unrealistic if we weren't uh, focusing on that, first and foremost. Because uh, you have to focus on the current moment that you're in. And we'll, as I keep reminding the players, we're, we're in a fight. Um and, uh, you know, I've done this before a couple of times and uh, it's not easy. Um, but, you know, we're, we're showing signs that we're certainly improving. And uh, I don't think we'll be in the fight uh, this time, six weeks' time. Um, I think we'll be up that table uh, going to where we're going at the moment. But, 
you know, we will not take our eye off the ball, not, not for a millisecond. We'll keep working and, and keep working towards it. It's tough, isn't it, that there's only 20 teams in the division, yet four of them are going to be in danger of relegation come the end? Yeah, I think that's a bit unfair. Uh, if I'm honest, it's not the same everywhere, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a too big a percentage, isn't it, uh, if I'm honest? And, uh, but I think it does make the, the league uh, interesting for, for most of the teams. They'll be playing for something. Um, up until the last game of the season, maybe a playoff place or or safety. So it's certainly probably better for the spectator, but not not for us managers. What, what was the motivation behind coming to City and Because I, I think it was a bit of a, a surprise that you sort of dropped down to this level. Um, yeah, I mean, it may well seem like that from the outside looking in, but uh, I can tell you it was it was actually an easier decision uh, than what people may have thought. Uh, once I'd met Andrew. Uh, and seen the uh, the plans that he had, short, medium, and long term. I knew that I could really shape uh, the football club, and that was what my role here is essentially: is to save them from where they are, push them up the table, and and reshape the whole club uh, from, from from top to bottom, which I'm enjoying. You know, um, I'm uh, I'm getting my teeth stuck into it. Um, I, I want to leave. I want to leave the club uh, whenever that is. Uh, a hell of a lot better than what it was when I found it and uh, one that Andrew can be proud of uh, ultimately um, and that's what I said I will do so yeah we're working on all fronts to improve the club um, not just on the pitch and I'm enjoying that uh, We've talked a lot on our show about Sittingbourne over the years and of course the, the difficulty is always where the stadium is and everything like that and I know you're you're desperate to get more people to come up and watch games at Woodstock Park yeah, I mean, we're, we're in discussions uh, with options of how to do that. Uh, we've had a few ideas that we're still kind of brainstorming, but uh, certainly we're, we're trying to get more more uh, bombs on seats. Uh, first things first is to make sure the product is better, which is the football, uh, which we're, we're obviously doing now. Um, so the fans actually have something that's worth travelling for. Uh, and then it's about you know giving them a, a good time when they're there uh, and keeping them there uh, in the long term. We want uh, younger fans coming through the through the turnstile because uh, they're the future. And obviously, every non-league football club is, is is only a football club because of the fans. So you know, we're well aware of how important they are. Yes, we're not in the greatest location, uh, but you know that's not a deal breaker. We just have to think smarter. Uh, but there is plans, obviously, as you might be, may well be aware of uh, of a new ground. Um, but that's that's you know not right now. That's uh, in a year or two, I believe. So. We're looking, uh, we're looking to, to just focus on what we can improve now, and that is to get people through the through the doors. Uh, and I understand you're willing to put your hand in your pocket and buy some people some beers if they turn up. Yeah, I am. Yeah, um, I've said uh, I've said to uh, to Andrew that I'm willing to help in any way, shape, or form. Um, and if we get to that number of 350 beers through the through the turnstile, I'll happily uh, part with uh, a few quid. <laughs> to give them a beverage um, not a problem whatsoever uh, so yeah I've, uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is so to speak and you say about the medium and long term ambitions of, of the club I used to live in Sittingbourne so I know the potential of the place the club really is a little bit of a sleeping giant isn't it so there is potential there if everything if the stars align 100% I mean I didn't agree to take the, the role uh, until Andrea showed me where, we, where they were at with the uh, discussions with the council etc um, but I also knew a little bit about setting board as well uh, I knew that, that there's a there's a, a sleeping giant there um, and uh, you know I wanted to make sure that 
I knew as much as I possibly could. Uh, and there's no doubt about it. You know, the club can be a, can be a big club. Uh, it's had some good days in the past that you'll be aware of. Um, we want to bring them back and uh, you know give the town a football club to be uh, to be proud of. And just finally, obviously, your short term ambition is is to get higher up the league table, and then next season the world could be your oyster. Well, as I say, one thing at a time. I'm not the type to think too far ahead, but uh, certainly this season's to get away from the the drop zone. Number one, uh, number two. Uh, to reflect on our own performance as a management team and how we've done uh, since we came into the club and, and what, what, what we achieved in that period of time. That'll give me a, a good understanding of what's needed for next year um, in terms of uh, our own squad and opposition. So uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a working evaluation, if you like, of, of the league uh, and what we would need. But again, we'll not be taking my eye off the current situation that we're in until we can breathe and are safely away from the from the drop zone. We are still very much in a fight, and, I, and I'm fully aware of that. I suppose you just said there about assessing the league. You, you, I guess you don't know the Eastman League South East that much, having no. with your previous experience. What, what have you made of it? Tough league? Um, indifferent. I mean, I've played some of the better sides, haven't I? Quite very quickly. So away to Ramsgate was my first game. They were top at the time. Uh, played away to Beckenham. Uh, played away to Ashford. Played away to Hyde, so some good sides in there. You know, Seven Oaks we played at home, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've now got a good understanding of it. I think I would, you know, if, if it's begin the season now, I would know what I would do, uh, who I would sign, uh, and what way I would play uh, to affect the top sides for sure. Um, there is no easy games, obviously cliche, but, but true. Um, but yeah, I would say I've now got a good grasp of of the league in general uh, and what it takes to be at the top of it, um, but also what it takes to to get away from the bottom as well. So yeah, it has been a uh, my experience in this league isn't wasn't in depth, um, but I've learned as I, as, I, as I've gone, and uh, I've certainly got a good knowledge of it now. Well, it sounds like a very uh, calm presence, Matt. Uh, in terms of what what he's looking to do there, and a massive massive relief for them to be able to move up the uh, move up the table and get out of the of the bottom four. It was amazing what a couple of win back to back wins does in that division that's got them, you know, out of that dreaded dotted line for the playoff positions, um, and something something to move on to, you know, where you can see the what sitting born as a club were looking to when Joe Alou went in there. I know Ryan had worked with him before. Um, uh, I think when he was at Braintree so he knows all about him he got him in and he's the kind of player who's not going to rest on his laurels and not get them involved in a in a relegation scrap so clearly his his work, words are working there he's brought a few players in um, it's a good appointment because he's only managed at a higher level um, I think it's a bit of a coup Sillingbourne to get him really because he probably could be managing at a higher level but clearly he said there the project's interesting in him and and, it, and it, as you know, Sillyborn quite well, John. If in big if you can get him more into the lo- easy location, that uh, maybe the, the fans will come back. Because I remember back in the day when they were at Central Park doing really well. I think they won every league back in the Kent League back in there. I think they won every game one season. Sillyborn. Um, they were getting you know crowds of eight, nine hundred, eight to a thousand, eight hundred to a thousand. So they have got the. Uh, the base there to uh, attract a few people, better people if they can sort their ground situation out. It's interesting because Central Park isn't surrounded by houses either. I mean, no. 
there are houses closer than there are to Woodstock Park, but that just kind of, and, and it's not too far from the town centre, but it does show that if the team are playing well, there is massive potential at City. Yeah. And, well, um, you know, Ryan Maxwell is obviously a manager with, with good experience. Uh, he, he knows what he wants and he's interested in the project. And, you know, he's, He's taken a role. I think he's a director of football as well at the club, and and he's doing everything he can to try and get the supporters through. And you know, he, he said if if they if enough of them turn up, he's more than happy to put some money behind the bar for them. So, you know, it, he uh, sees again, the potential. It's just it's just knocking into it. Yeah, I think that the thing is about it, it's making it into a community club. I don't know. I, I presume that you know all I've known City Bournemouth, the Potts Potts brothers being involved. So I don't think they if they are or not anymore. But he's gone in there. Used to be, they were quite binary looking at their figures. They didn't score many, didn't concede many, but clearly he's worked on the defence and now he's managed to find the um, back of the net as well. So, um, massive game for him this weekend at Chatham, and that's probably a, a good benchmark for them. Yeah, interesting point you made there as well about the uh, promotion relegation. I don't know, uh, this has been doing the rounds a little bit. Uh, Marcel uh, Nemani spoke about it the other day, saying there should be more promotion places from the scaffold into the Isthmian League um, and this has also been a discussion on our new Facebook page search for Kent Non-League Football Chat uh, and you'll find it in there um, my view on it is pretty similar to, to Ryan Maxwell's there in that if you've got a 20 team division you can't have the possibility of four teams getting relegated as far as I'm concerned step four has got 20 teams all the levels above have got more than that and the level below the scaffold has got has, has got the same but that's only got two relegation places and even that also doesn't come to fruition so I don't understand how, how it seems fair in any way, actually, that so many teams are, are in danger of being relegated from that division. I understand completely the desire for more promotion places from step five, but you've got to find a way of making it work. For, for me, I think the only solution is to increase the number of teams into the into step four across the country. And then, you know, if you've got 22 teams, I can t- I can accept four relegation places, I think. If you've got 20, I think it's just a stretch too far. Yeah, yeah. Again, there must be a re- re- reorganisation coming sooner rather than later from uh, uh, leagues. But yeah, I, I think it, it is quite tough that those sides will be looking at they could have issues from that. So um, I don't know how they would ever get around it. So uh, 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 arguably, suppose, yeah, it, I suppose it's just the reorganisation of the leagues and how you can get four going down it is quite tough on a 20 league but yeah i suppose if you're looking in the scaffold going up you think it should increase if you manage to get into the uh isthmian southeast division you probably think no we shouldn't have four so you know certain teams thinking about their own situations there i would have thought well i think that's the thing everyone is always after their own uh yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> everyone's got their own agenda yeah um, but you know i, but, I yeah. just think we've got to find a way of making it so that you know, it, it just doesn't look, it just doesn't sit right with me that so many teams are are in this sort of situation. But hey, what do I know? Uh, more news in the Isthmian League Southeast was another managerial departure, the first one we've had for a few weeks. Uh, but at VCD Athletic, uh, Grant Basie handed in his resignation uh, after the two 0 home loss to Whitehawk on Saturday. Um, hasn't really worked for Grant uh, in his time at VCD. They've got thirty one points in twenty eight games, or only two points. Uh, outside that playoff place and looking at their fixtures they've got a pretty tough run in uh over the coming uh over the coming week so it's going to be 
Well, it'd be interesting to see who, who goes for that job, who gets that job, if it's just an appointment to the end of the season, or if they decide to go more longer term, and if they can, you know, get going up in the right direction, I suppose, Matt. A VCD, one of the clubs, it's, um, you seem to change their manager quite a bit and he's, since we've been doing this pod. Well, um, Keith McMahon was there for a long time, wasn't he? And then he yeah. Since he left, we've had, a, we've had a few. Nick Davis was yeah. there, wasn't he? And, and obviously Grant has been there this season. Um, but I think they're, you know, quite a well-run club. Again, they're in that congested area, aren't they, where there's there's a few teams knocking about. But if you can get some, you know, get some identity and get everything going in that way there, then th- there's massive potential there as well. Yeah, so you mentioned the games coming up. Ramsgate, Chatham and Sheppey in the next three games. And maybe Grant realised that we've had Grant on before. He was at Cray, wouldn't he, for a bit? He Cray? was, yeah, last season. Yeah, they did a semi-decent job there as well. Couldn't anything, but scoring goals is a real, it's been a real problem for him. Um, this, you know, for a long while. So, um, in, in a league that's um, normally teams, a lot of teams score a lot of goals. They, they've struggled to do it. And it'll be interesting to go in there. I think it's a decent job. A well-stabilised club, so um, I'm sure they'll. We know there's plenty of managers around that they'll be um, looking to get it. Yeah, we will keep an eye on who goes there. Uh, elsewhere, last weekend it was Beckenham one, Ashford two, Burgess Hill one, Seven Oaks three, uh, Corinthian nil, Chatham one. Curious one that one. Uh, the game was delayed for about 40 minutes uh, due to an injury to Chats keeper Bren Bridal Card. Uh, Chats then restarted with Fabio Sareva in goal and won it late on uh, to to stay. Uh, very much in at the head of the chasing pack at the top of the table. It was Faversham 2, Cray Valley 0, uh, Lansing 0, East Grinstead 1. Hythe Town continue their fantastic run of form, level on points with Ashford in the playoff places now after their 4-1 win at Littlehampton. As we've already mentioned, it was Sheppey United 3, Ramsgate 3, Sitting 1, 5, Haywards Heath 0 and BCD Athletic 0, Whitehawk 2. And then on Tuesday night, it was Ashford 0, Corinthian 0, Hythe Town, as we've already mentioned, continued their great form. 1-0 win over Burgess Hill. Uh, Sittingbourne 2, East Grinstead, we've already mentioned. And it was Three Bridges 1, Seven Oaks 3. So, Fair uh, play to Hythe, John. Well, it's unbelievable, role. isn't it? Unbelievable. I mean, you look at where Cray Valley were. And now Cray Valley are ninth, and they're four points behind Hythe. Uh, we've got Ashford, Seven Oaks and Hythe, all level on 44 points, 5th, 6th and 7th. Absolutely brilliant. And Hythe's run of form uh, under Steve Watt the last few weeks has been... Absolutely incredible. So well done to him and well done to them. Yeah, I think I think it was quite good at home high, but they were drawing a lot of matches. But they seem to have turned those matches, um, home matches, into wins. Don't concede many goals either. So um, I think they've got one of the best defences in the division. So goal scoring, um, not a thing. But Steve Watts' defensive work seems to be working with it. They are the informed side, and I think it'll be a fantastic achievement from what he told us earlier in the season when he didn't have many players again. Um, if you can get into the playoffs, so really fantastic. You know, the informed side of 2023. Absolutely. Uh, this Saturday, it's Ashford against Littlehampton, Chatham against Sittingbourne, as we already mentioned, Beckenham head to Chichester, it's Cray Valley against Lansing, Corinthian go to Haywards Heath, it's Hythe Town at home to Three Bridges, Ramsgate take on Manchester of ECD Athletic, it's Seven Oaks against Faversham, and Sheppey United head to Whitehawk as a big game in the battle for the playoffs. And then on Tuesday night, Cray Valley are at East Grinstead, uh, Sheppey United head to Three Bridges, and then one game on Wednesday as well as Seven Oaks welcome Littlehampton. Uh, up into the National League South, Everton United 11 points clear at the top, Matt. We said they're having a blip. They've made us look foolish, haven't they? And you kind of think, are they on their way now, would you say? 
If I was a bookie, I'd pay it out. Yeah, you, you know, you got Polian scoring goals. Um, those issues of certain small team or teams that you expected them to beat, they didn't do on a bit of a blip Christmas thing. I just think um, it's seven wins out of eight. I think in twenty twenty three, um, on a par with Highview on that score. Um, yeah, I, I think Dennis Katrib's done a really good job. Um, I think he never doubted his team, does he? Um, we may have doubted them. They can do it, but he, he's kept on the the right track. Um, if they throw this away, which I don't believe it will be, um, it would be a bit of a disaster. But they are a National League side in in um, an all but name, I would say now. So if, I'm a, if I was a bookie, I'd be paying out. So there you go. Um, felt behind in both those games over the weekend as well. They beat Hampton and Richmond Borough 6-2 uh, and won 2-1 at St Albans. And I guess, you know, when they were having that that little run that they had over Christmas, when they were falling behind, that they were struggling to get back into games. But now it just looks like they're, they're, they're back to the, I'm not to use the word, but I'm going to go for it, swashbuckling selves, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the goals they score, the ability to rip sides apart. Um, yeah. It's taken a while to get this right last season. You know, it was a bitter pill to swallow, but they, they seem to have been a, a galvanised them a little bit. Um, and it must have been a bit of a worry at Christmas time when they got ripped apart by Dartford twice. But I think that shows the character of the squad, the excellent quality of the management as well to, um, to get that through. And uh, looks like a promotion next season back to the National League. And, I know a lot of the fans were disappointed they got relegated in the COVID season and they shouldn't have done. And they've written that wrong now. Yes, it looks like it. Elsewhere on Saturday, it was Braintree 1, Dartford 1, uh, Dover 0, Chelmsford 0, Tommy Angels 2, Concord Rangers 2, and a fantastic win for Welling, a first-half hat-trick uh, for George Alexander in their 3-0 win over Slough. Angels then lost 1-0 at Chelmsford on Monday. Uh, but Welling, as we said last week, they're not consistent in the slightest as they then lost 2-0 at home to Braintree uh, on Tuesday night while Dartford beat Slough by a goal to nil. Uh, and as you've already mentioned, Ebbsfleet United came from behind to, been, to win 2-1 at St Albans. Um, Dover, Matt, signing some players as well. So freshening up the squad, which I, I know is something that you felt was needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Patrick, um, I've come in from Palace. That's his right name. Um, he was training on Saturday. We thought it was going to be the guy, Christy Patterson. We were looking around. I think, oh, he looks like him. But then we found out it was this guy from Palace. Um, he's played a couple of games in the Premier League. Um, yeah, freshening it up and a bit of thing. I, I, the only thing I'm concerned about is David Dolan. They got a, a much goals in them, you know. That Nikas has done quite well, but I think he's found the leap up from Ashford quite hard because um, they're um, it's a physical side of it. They've Dave Winfield playing for Chelmsford, and he, you know, he, he you know he had to hit the ball and the man so. My concern is Dover have got to take the chance when they come because they're not, they are creating chances, but not clear cut chances. So um, that's the only concern of it. But yeah, Mitch Brundle has got the support of every single Dover fan. So uh, I think on um, signings he's bringing in, a little bit of excitement anyway. Uh, this weekend in that division, Tommy Angels, who've just re signed Tommy Wood, uh, go to Bath City, Ebbsfleet go to Chelmsford, who are seventh. So that could be a tricky one uh, for Ebbsfleet United. Going back to the Dover Chelmsford game. They were as proud as puff as Dover were. Good defensively. But, uh, yeah, so Chelmsford were. But, you know, uh, you'd have thought, and they did score 1-0 against Tunbridge with an absolute blinder. But, yeah, what I did notice about the National League, a lot of the sides at the top of the table have scored a lot of goals. 
in the playoffs and Chelmsford hadn't and you could see why because they were pretty powder puff as well. Yeah, Dartford at home to inform Oxford City, uh, Dover head to Taunton and it's Welling against Chippenham and then a load of games on Tuesday night. Let's hope the weather's OK as haven't more to uh, head to Crabble on Tuesday night. Uh, Ebbsfleet go to Farnborough, Tunbridge Angels go to Hampton and Richmond Borough and Welling United at home to Hemel Hempstead Town. Uh, Is that well supposed to be bad next week then? No, but it, I was just being making a comment about the last time they tried to come down, mate. I don't uh, know if you, uh, yeah, if well, you remember. Yeah, it, it didn't go that. well. I don't know if, you, if you're sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just like to make sure that everything is uh, <laughs> is OK. Bromley have dropped out of the playoff places uh, in the National League. They were beaten on Tuesday night uh, 2-1 at Woking, who are pretty much cemented there in third spot at the moment. Uh, Bromley had beaten Dorking Wanderers 2-0 on Saturday Maidstone remain rooted to the foot of the table. Four points adrift now, beaten 2-0 uh, at Oldham on Saturday and then also losing 3-1 at home to Eastleigh, who they'd just beaten in the FA Trophy uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, really not looking good for the Stones, but Bromley will still be confident that they can get in. Uh, Dennis Bergkamp's lad on the score sheet uh, on Tuesday night as well. Uh, this Saturday, a big game for Bromley, in fact, as they go to Eastleigh, you know, the team directly above them in the table. Well, Maidstone are at home to Gateshead. Big game as well. Massive game. And then on Tuesday night, uh, Maidstone at home again uh, against Scunthorpe, while Bromley head west to go and face Torquay United. Uh, that's it for the uh, Kent Non-League Football Chat. But what, what a sad week it's been with, with first Dickie Davis uh, passing away. And then, of course, today, uh, the really sad news about John Motson, Matt. Yeah, John Motson, you, 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 we've grown up with him being the commentator of the, the first games that I ever knew as a kid the FA Cup finals John Motson and Ricky Velia that run and things like that yeah a real legend of the game and and as somebody said that he would he had an encyclopedia knowledge so he would know about VCD and things things we've discussed about before and various bits and pieces so um he, he had a passion for football and it, it clearly came through on his commentary and I, I don't know if he had been ill but that's a it's a real shocker and I think it's, it, um, people of my our, our generation, um, John Motson was football commentary, wouldn't he? An absolute legend of the game, and he, he loved it as much as the uh, he loved his commentary as much as the people who were watching it. So yeah, really sad. Diane Dickie Davis as well. I remember that um, on a Saturday afternoon, turning it over and watching the scores come in. So uh, unfortunately, um, uh, people of our youth, John, uh, are, are sadly departing this world. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, you know, that, uh, that that the current national commentators aren't a patch on on Motti, Barry Davis, who is still with us, and, and of course Brian Moore. Um, so, you know, it, it is really tough, and you know, it's it's been obviously a, a great outpouring um, t- today about John Motson, um, and you know, what what a great man he was, and, and as you say, he, he clearly cared about football, and obviously a man who shot to national prominence by covering a non-league game, of course, at yeah. Hereford. Uh, in the FA Cup when they beat Newcastle and obviously not long ago uh, that Ronnie Radford who scored that famous goal uh, passed away as well so yeah it's, it's one of those things isn't it I mean I remember when was it 2016 2017 loads of famous people uh, started dying and everyone was like oh why is this happening all these famous people are dying but it's mainly because there's more famous people if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Um, but you know it's, it, it, yeah John Watson was, was a real shocker today 77 um, years of age and, and yeah real, real real sad news um, so thoughts with his family and, and all of his friends and everybody who knew and loved him uh, you've been up to anything else exciting uh, I've been up to anything exciting apart from my trip to London to see 
celebrities in my eyes. Uh, not really too much. I want to see Banksy. I want to see the Banksy in Margot. Oh, nice. Was it worth it? Uh, yeah, I'm more, more um, shocked how they're going to get it off the wall, to be honest. <laughs> On this brick wall. I, I'm fascinated how basically the side of the building, how they're going to get it off. <laughs> Are you a, a structural engineer, John? How do you take off the side of a wall with a Banksy? Because it's going into dreamland. Because apparently this bit of artwork is worth £2 million. I've got absolutely no idea how you do that. And no, no, Matt, you'll be surprised to know that I'm not a structural engineer. Um, if, if anybody, um, I, again, I'd love to know, if anybody knows how easy it is to take down a... I presume somebody said to me, yeah, you put a joist inside and then uh, just chisel it off and it's fine. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. So somebody said it could take about underground to get it off the wall. But then well, I suppose yeah, it's, if it's worth two million, then hundred grand's worth selling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, this is, I don't know if um, who makes the. Uh, again, the other thing, if banks are drawn on the side of my house, I presume does that mean it's property of me? I guess so. Or, if you're listening, yeah. Banksy, go and draw, no, draw no, no, on no, that no, no, mention. No. The kids did say that. Draw it, draw it on something there that we could. Thing, but we went to see it. Um, a lot of people were watching it. Yeah, it's good for the area, isn't it? So, unlike you know, when when they had one in Dover, when whoever made the decision to paint over it needs absolutely shooting because the one in Dover was absolutely massive, and it brings people in. And not many people go to Dover unless they're going to the, the other to France. So, yeah, it, it just frustrates me a little bit. But it'll be in, it will be in um, Dreamland for a bit. I think it's for a year. It's going to be at Dreamland. The fridge will be at Dreamland because when I went to see it. The fridge wasn't there. And of course, people were moaning in Thanet because you could leave a fridge outside your house and three months later, it's still there. And of course, Banksy dumps it in and within a day, they've got it rid of it. That could be Thanet Council for you as well. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if you drew one on the side of Crabble. Oh, we could put, yeah, it could do, yeah. What would he draw on the side of Crabble? Well, answers on a postcard to at do one on the, podcast. Do one on the press box in your seat. Yeah, it could, yeah, yeah. Do that. Yeah, my seat. Yeah, yeah, my seat. That's nice. Yeah, people said that it's my seat. Yeah, yeah. Um, from there. No, yeah. So, have you got any in Eastbourne? Banksy. Don't you think down so. There? No. Apparently, no, he's running Folkestone, so. which we didn't know about. And we go yeah. to Folkestone. He's obviously bit. moved to Kent. He's obviously moved to Kent then, because he's, yeah. he's spreading them all around all over there, yeah. isn't he? At the moment. Uh, so yeah. But no. I, I finished Good Happy Valley uh, on the week. Uh, what do you think? In the week. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, the, the ending was was not what I was expecting in the slightest, but I thought it was really good. Uh, really well done. Um, very professional. Um, the only thing annoyed me that story about the woman who um, the school teacher thing. If we're not giving it away, you yeah. sort of wrap that up in one line. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, I, my only slight thing was I didn't think the CGI on the final scene was all that. Does that make sense? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, lots more drama coming paint up. Paint sort of thing. I can see. Yeah, I can get. I can see that. Uh, Unforgotten starts again on Monday, which is a program that I love. If you've not oh, seen yes, that, yes. you should watch the first four series of that. Yes, good one. Um, we'll be on that. But we need to, we're just finishing off Walking Dead now, which we started before COVID and we stopped. There's about 14 seasons, so we're just about to finish that off. And then we need to get on to a few things. I want to watch Goals, you know, the, the, the bullying thing. And a lot of people said better is quite good as well. Yeah, I've got better written down uh, things to watch. But, you know, I did it's been watch, really hard I for me. I did watch Rabbit 2 on Sunday oh, and fell asleep in it. Yeah. So there you go. So I wouldn't recommend that. I've genuinely had no time at all to watch stuff on the telly. I mean, you know, it's, it's just I've been working detours, late start, late finishes. Uh, oh, it's just been I've been out, went out at a massive roast dinner. 
it's just been one of those things where I I kind of need to now things going to settle down a bit actually take some time out and properly watch watch a bit of telly and, and make everything you know get a bit more bit of normality back because it has been tough so oh, was, uh, talking of roasting that um, I made a Yorkshire pudding burrito the other day for our Sunday dinner, which was I do like a Yorkshire pudding and I do make a good Yorkshire pudding very good so you rolled it rolled it in and put all your, your roast beef in and stuff and, and, and it the way it was because I saw it in London but we didn't have any I'd like to try it but we did it and I thought it was very very nice so good but again it, all the hard work of doing that it probably would have been easier just to put it on a normal plate and make normal Yorkshire pudding but at least you've done that from there I've had roast uh, I've had Yorkshire pudding wraps before actually they're, they're, they're yep. quite nice but the, the ones that I had it wasn't like a burrito it's like they're trying to put a roast dinner in yeah uh, and it, it's just a bit messy I, I'm quite I, you know I like my food as you've probably seen from my bulk and my physique, I, I like my food. Um, that's why I've got so many chins. Um, but, you know, I don't like my food to be messy. Tony Nerf chins. I like it to be, I, I, I like it to be, like, you know, I don't want, I don't want gravy dripping down my sleeve when I'm trying to oh, eat yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was quite messy, but we'd watch the man and what he said that, uh, you know, if you use a bit of, um, I think we use cauliflower cheese to soak up the gravy, it wasn't too bad. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my um, my cookery uh, expertise done from there. Good stuff. Well, uh, that is the end of this week's show then. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show this week. As always, you can find us on social media on Twitter. We're at Kent NL Podcast. If you search on Facebook for Kent Non-League Podcast, you will find us. You will also, if you search for Kent Non-League Football Chat, find the new uh, message board group that's been set up uh, for all to discuss all things about Kent Non-League Football. I set it up earlier in the week. We've already had some, some interesting conversations on there. So please, if you're on Facebook, get involved. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also tell us the sort of things you'd like to hear uh, from us on the Kent Non-League Podcast. Uh, you can find um, me on Twitter at JohnPips81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard, and he's trying to say something. Well, if you spot an ex-non-league legend wandering the streets, please post on there. Can we get Absolutely. more than Mark Monday? Absolutely. If you see a, a, a Kent non-league footballer uh, walking around, then please let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. And thank you to all four of our interviewees uh, for their time. It's quite hectic. I did three of those interviews in the space of about an hour and a half. Uh, on Wednesday morning so uh, quite good fun really enjoyed that I hope you've enjoyed it too uh, thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you next week on the Kent Only podcast I like celebrity spotting Mark Monday is arguably more important to me than Stuart Pearce on Neil Gerrard <laughs>